You're no better than an animal. If you stay where you are, you'll be dead before winter is out. If you come with me, I'll teach you how to fly. Ain't nobody can fly, mister, I said. That's what birds do, and I sure as hell ain't no bird. You know nothing, Master Yehudi said. You know nothing because you are nothing. If I haven't taught you to fly by your thirteenth birthday, you can chop off my head with an X. I'll put it in writing if you like. If I fail to deliver on my promise, my fate will be in your hands. It was a Saturday night in early November, and we were standing in front of the Paradise Cafe, a slick downtown gin mill with a colored jazz band and cigarette girls in transparent dresses. I used to hang around there on weekends, cadging handouts and running errands, and hustling cabs for the swells. At first, I thought Master Yehudi was just another drunk, a rich booze hound stumbling through the night in a black tuxedo and a silk top hat. His accent was strange, so I figured him to be from out of town, but that was as far as I took it. Drunks say stupid things, and the business about flying was no stupider than most. You get too high in the air, I said. You could break your neck when you come down. We'll talk about technique later, the master said. It's not an easy skill to learn, but if you listen to me and obey my instructions, we'll both wind up millionaires. You're already a millionaire, I said. What do you need me for? Because, my wretched little thug, I barely have two dimes to rub together. I might look like a robber baron to you, but that's only because you have sawdust for brains. Listen to me carefully. I'm offering you the chance of a lifetime, but you only get that chance once. I'm booked on the Bluebird special at 6.30 a.m., and if you don't haul your carcass onto that train, this is the last you'll ever see of me. You still haven't answered my question, I said. Because you're the answer to my prayers, son. That's why I want you. Because you have the gift. Gift? I ain't got no gift. And even if I did, what would you know about it, Mr. Monkey Suit? You only started talking to me a minute ago. Wrong again, said Master Yehudi. I've been watching you for a week. And if you think your aunt and uncle would be sorry to see you gone, then you don't know who you've been living with for the past four years. My aunt and uncle, I said, suddenly realizing that this man was no Saturday night drunk. He was something worse than that a truant officer or a cop, and sure as I was standing there, I was up to my knees in shit. Your Uncle Slim is a piece of work, the master continued, taking his time now that he had my attention. I never knew an American citizen could be that dumb. Not only does he smell bad, but he's mean and ugly to boot. No wonder you turned into such a weasel-faced gutter snipe. We had a long conversation this morning, your uncle and I, and he's willing to let you go without a penny changing hands. Imagine that, boy. 
I didn't even have to pay for you. And that doe-fleshed sow he calls his wife just sat there and never said a word in your defense. If that's the best you can do for a family, then you're lucky to be rid of those two. The decision is yours, but even if you turn me down, it might not be such a good idea to go back. They'd be plenty disappointed to see you again, I can tell you that. Just about dumbstruck with sorrow, if you know what I mean. I might have been an animal, but even the lowest animal has feelings, and when the master sprang this news on me, I felt as if I'd been punched. Uncle Slim and Aunt Peg were nothing to write home about, but their home was where I lived, and it stopped me in my tracks to learn they didn't want me. I was only nine years old, after all.